Welcome to life unrestricted. This is your show if you're sick of living a life controlled by food and exercise rules and if you're ready to learn how to accept yourself and enjoy the heck out of life. My gig is about body image, femininity, self-worth and resilience. Come on, let's walk side by side as we slowly step out of restriction misery and unlock our true selves. Your host Merit Boxler is a former national radio DJ, freelance journalist, speaker and writer with a passion to make women feel good in their bodies. This is a show brought to you live from Switzerland. When you get to a place where you understand that love and belonging, your worthiness is a birthright and not something you have to earn, anything is possible. Let that sink in for a second. It's from Brené Brown. She's a research professor at the University of Houston Graduate College of Social Work. She has spent the past 10 years studying vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and shame. And yes, without her, this podcast wouldn't exist. And I guess we will get into that later on. <laughs> for now, let me just say, hello world. My name is Merit Boxler. And yes, that's it. That's officially the moment that the Life Unrestricted podcast is being born. So what is this, you ask? And who are you? Who I am is Merit. I live in Zurich, Switzerland. I'm 42 years old, which I guess counts as being an adult. But most days I still feel like a little kid who has just lost her mom at the supermarket. As you heard in the intro, I am a former national radio host, freelance journalist, blogger, short story writer, speaker and event moderator. And I also feel like a fake skinny person. Read, I am right now in the process of recovering from decades of excess dieting, disordered eating in any number of ways, from sad to downright crazy, and also from exercise addiction. So yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about a world in which disordered eating, food fears and diet rules seem to be the new normal, where weight stigma has reached an all-time high and our society's obsession with being skinny has literally taken over our lives. That's what this podcast is about. Exposing diet culture lies, myths about so-called health, what a lifelong obsession with weight does to our lives, spoiler alert, nothing, and the implications of body shaming, diet mentality, and fat phobia. Sadly, I found out pretty late in life that the idea that I could fix all my problems by being thinner was the exact thing that kept my life small. And as for so many, my obsession with skinniness was really just a disguise for a deep lack of self-worth. And for me, no matter how skinny I was, there sure as heck wasn't any happiness to be found there. All this energy that is bound by us trying to lose weight, imagine if we spent it on more useful things, we could have probably achieved world peace by now. But I say, let's start small, with a podcast. Life Unrestricted is about how to live life according to your own unique truth, to stand up and stop keeping yourself small, and how to discover our unrestricted self, the wild, unapologetic one that is 
hopefully, <laughs> still in there somewhere, buried under way too many years of way too many bad messages that we have come to believe are true about ourselves. In this first episode, I will tell you about all the things this podcast will be about and what it's not about. I will also tell you some details about my story so that you know what kind of a crazy person you're dealing with. And then I'll also let you know how I started to see that there's a way out of this mess, why I think sharing our stories is crucial, and um, also why Brene Brown is one of the reasons for this podcast. So, welcome home. In this show called Life Unrestricted, we're going to be talking about Life, life, and the many ways in which we end up restricting the full experience of it, the ways in which we restrict ourselves from expressing our truths, from living life the way we would love to, from an inner feeling of freedom. We are all masters at playing small, and it's about time we change that. You know what? I believe we are all recovering from something, be it nagging self-doubt, be it some sort of habit that has started to control our lives, be it intrusive thoughts, or like in my case, a mind with a default setting on worry, we all have a story. We all have broken hearts and fears. So yes, yes to sharing them. As Brene Brown famously says, if you put shame in a Petri dish, it needs three ingredients to grow exponentially. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. If you put the same amount of shame in the Petri dish and douse it with empathy, it cannot survive. So hell yeah, let's stick it to shame and bring some love into the game. Since there are many ways in which we keep stuck in our lives, there will be many different stories on this show. But you can expect the main focus to be on our relationship to our bodies, to weight and to food, you know, relationships that are mostly not great. And it certainly is and was my Achilles heel. So we will shine some light on what's going wrong there, what's going on inside our heads and what's going on outside our heads. Because seriously, in our society, we've come to reach completely insane hates of fixation on food and fitness. Seeing that nowadays the most popular shows on TV are showing people losing weight and shaping up just to have them off-camera gain it all back a few months later, which we know makes them feel helpless and shameful. It's terrible. We've become ever more obsessed with what we eat, how we work out, how we look. And since I witnessed my own mother being fixated on losing weight, and I myself was put on diets before I even entered school, even though back then... I was at best a little bit chubby and all that was wrong was my late mother's mindset. Not that I blame her. She was possessed by the idea of being or staying skinny, just as so many of us are. So there was craziness around food all along in my life. It was sad, yucky, grapefruits and spinach and pumpernickel at home and stealing food from my friends' homes and eating it in secret outside of my home. Add to that the fact that I grew up in a very unsafe home, my mother being an alcoholic and very abusive and no father in sight. Go figure. Food was love for me. 
I didn't get it at home, but I secretly ate whatever I could when I was out, and I didn't understand how other kids got to eat the fun foods that I was never allowed at home. Fast forward through many very, very difficult years of my life. After my mother died, I started eating. Finally, I was free. I could eat and discover food, and it was so much fun. But then I gained weight. Not a good idea in a fat-shaming world. Not a good idea when you're in puberty and start to see what it means when they're pointing fingers at you, when they're shaming you. Not a good idea when your self-worth was never built up in the first place. And not a good idea if the belief that women need to be skinny in order to be accepted has been with you for as long as you can remember. No surprise then that I went down the exact same road as my mother did. Only worse. I remember it was when I was 21 when I decided that I would show everybody that I could lose weight, and I did. It started harmless, quote-unquote, because sadly diets work short-term, right? That's why we keep going back to them like addicts. I seriously doubt that diets are ever as harmless as they sometimes seem, but anyway, losing weight was easy at first for me. And only slowly, over time, it got harder to maintain the weight. Because funny, huh? No one ever tells you about maintenance, right? So ever so slowly, I had to increase my efforts. And it was never enough. I can be merciless to myself. And I was so afraid to be called a failure that I did what I thought was necessary. I started combining different diets, which meant exclusion of almost all of the foods, and I steadily increased my exercise. Insanely. It eventually spiraled out of control. And let me just say, yes, it got very, very messy and very, very sad. And I was ready to take my own life. From the outside, though, I was a success. I looked all put together. And people said, I wish I had your body and your discipline. And me, in there, thinking, I wish I could have your life. Because my life by then was an empty shell. I got sicker and sicker, and I was still possessed by the fear of gaining weight back. Deep down, I still thought that I had to do everything to keep my model-sized jeans. Even at my thinnest, my sickest, I lived in fear all the time, every day. It was insanity. And it seems like nowadays hardly anyone knows how to eat without rules or fears anymore, right? All across the board in our society, I now know more disordered eaters than not. My journey in the direction of healing, my own crazy relationship to food, exercise and my body has started, I don't know, one and a half years ago when everything started to fall apart and I had to somehow pick myself back up and start rethinking my own ideas. I'm now in the process of unrestricting my life and becoming me again. And in this process, the dream started coming up of, you know, creating a podcast because I'm a radio person and podcasting seems like the go-to for an ex-radio person. So ever since I started this process of recovering myself, I loved the idea of sharing so that maybe someone else feels less alone out there. Because for most of my life, I felt completely alone and weird and not right. And it seemed like no one else had the same issues than I did 
or at least, as it turns out, no one talks about them. So enter podcasting. Why do I do this? The reason is simple, because it was podcasts that kind of saved my life. Back when I was really sick and still totally asleep to all of these new ideas, I guess it must have been at the end of 2014, I discovered Finding Our Hunger. I discovered Kyla Prince podcast. I was searching for information on eating disorders, exercise bulimia, recovery and exercise addiction. And I started to listen to podcasts. And then I found her podcast and I slowly began to see, oh, I'm not alone in this at all. And it was on one of her great episodes of the Finding Our Hunger podcast that I heard Summer Inanen speak. She was a guest on Kyla Prince's show. And oops, I spontaneously fell in love with her attitude. And when she started her own podcast, it's called Fearless Rebel Radio, I was hooked. I still am. So these two women were the first that made my life start to make sense again. They were sort of my jumper cables. Through them, I discovered so many new views. I heard great people talk. I knew that I wasn't alone. And I heard stuff that sounded outrageous in my sick brain. Like, what do you mean I am worthy right now? Or... What do you mean I don't have to live my life like this? What do you mean I can be lovable in a bigger body? Mind-boggler material. I adopted them, Summer and Kyla, as my headphone friends. I started to try on new thoughts. I did a social media purge and started to look at the real diversity out there. Instead of focusing on photoshopped ideals and feeling miserable and like a failure, and therapy, of course. I'm all for car mechanics to fix a broken car. So no, there's nothing wrong with getting someone to rummage around some of those toxic beliefs with you and start to declutter that mass media infected brain of ours. I think it's great. And therapy really helps me a lot. But since change does not happen overnight, I do not claim to have all of my fears in control at all. I am still very insecure about my body and where my weight is going to go and how much I should exercise and what foods to eat. Boy, I wish I already had everything figured out. But I made some important steps and I don't intend to go back. The life that I had in the beginning of 2015 is not one to go back to. And so as I began digging a little deeper into what went wrong in my life, it became crystal clear that I had something to say. In fact, I have 40 years of living like a stranger in my own life to talk about. Who knew that it's okay to be vulnerable? Big surprise for me. Big, beautiful, healing surprise. For years, I was silently battling an invisible demon and no one saw it. As you know, I was working as a radio DJ, and all I had to talk about was good mood sort of funny stuff, and inside I felt very bad, and no one really saw me for who I was. So of course I thought I was a failure at everything. I was surrounded by people that seemed put together, and I seemed put together as well. I never had a name for what was going wrong inside of me. 
Now I have. And I think there really need to be more voices out there to help us combat all the diet-infested material out there. When we support each other and cheer for every step we make, then we can become strong enough to inspire others. And that's what counts. That's my personal why for this. But I have to say, even though it seemed like a natural thing to do for someone who has worked as a radio host for so many years, I never felt quite ready for podcasting and I was procrastinating like mad. I thought, I'm going to do it when I'm ready, you know, when I'm there, when I have it figured out. Wait, that spells never. But then... Then Brene Brown, earlier this year, she taught me in her Living Brave semester that we can all step into the arena, no matter where we are, and that there's no one who is ever ready or whoever feels ready, that we are all human beings, afraid of rejection, shame, humiliation, afraid of being hurt. She has gained some priceless insights in her work and research on how people armor up against all of that, and how to recognize why people, including myself, including everyone, why all of us, why we judge others, why we blame, why we sometimes attack and lash out, or why we people please and hide behind perfectionism, why sometimes we find ourselves puffing up and, you know, acting all important, and why sometimes we keep ourselves small. She made us dig really deep into our own behaviors and find out when we apply and why we apply, what sort of armor to protect ourselves from being hurt. And the greatest takeaway, though, for me was that we all need each other, that we can establish healthy boundaries, and most of all, how we can show up real and vulnerable, because that's the only way we can really connect. Suddenly it seemed silly to listen to the inner gremlin voice in my head that told me that I was a total fraud and that it was a ridiculous idea to create a podcast, especially one in a foreign language, which obviously is crazy. But I learned that if I was going to wait until I'm ready to show up and step into the arena, I would wait forever. So look, It's basically Brene Brown's fault that I'm now doing what I'm doing, which means allowing failure to happen, daring to be ridiculed, and for sure, daring to fail. I'm a newbie to podcasting. I'm not a native speaker. I'm not Mrs. Unicorn. I don't have it all figured out. But hey, that's cool. <laughs> I get to do what lights me up and what makes my heart sing. I get to reach out to others, talk about stuff that's generally being swept under the rug, and I get to support others by sharing my story and creating a safe space where connection can happen. I realize that I don't need to have it all figured out until I can use my voice and that there will be always, you know, the critics in the cheap seats. I learned from Brene Brown as well that as soon as you make yourself seen, whatever you do, There they are. The cheap critics are wherever people are showing up. So I don't fear them anymore. They are a surefire sign that I'm doing something right. Also, they're not the people I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for everybody who's hungry for honest and open talk about life and what a freak show it can be sometimes, right? I'm doing it for everyone who's ready to laugh and cry and be silly and allow the mess to show us how we can grow. 
It's for everyone who'd rather swim upstream than to please everyone. It's for everyone who wants to meet great people and hear great stories, and for everyone who feels alone with their struggle. Know whoever you are, dear listener, whatever fight it is you're battling, you're not alone. You're always welcome here. As you know, this show is brought to you from Switzerland, and yes, I am Swiss as well. So why, for God's sake, am I not doing this in German or Swiss German? It clearly shows that I'm a crazy person right there. Because who chooses a foreign language for their own podcast? It's insane. So many humiliation traps ahead, right? Why open the door to ridicule like that? But there's two reasons for this. Number one. Oh boy, I wish I could say my number one reason is to face my fears and dare to be vulnerable because that sounds so badass, but that's not it. Nope. Sorry. The actual reason that I do this in English is because it was those English-speaking podcasts that started this journey, and I have connected to so many people since then that I just have to cut my losses. If 90% of the people in my group on Facebook, which you are obviously most welcome to join via lifeunrestricted.org slash join. If 90% of the people in my group are English speaking, the decision was a no brainer in the end. And as for reason number two, well, you see the noble reason number two, the fact that I want to face my fear, namely to risk humiliation and facing rejection only comes very secondary. But still, hey, I'm showing up, so I make it count. That's what Brene Brown taught me. I want to risk it because my why is more important than the slip-ups that are bound to happen anyway. I'll tell you up front. I'm sure you're going to have a good old laugh at me sometimes. And please, if I really don't make sense at one point or another, please let me know in a kind way if you can. And then I'll learn as I go. Now, some details about the main topics of the show. As you might have heard in the intro, Life Unrestricted is your go-to podcast for, for anything resilience, body image, self-worth, and femininity. First of all, resilience. I chose this topic because I want to find out how we are able to get up in spite of the storms we've been in. So we're going to discover how we can better deal with the difficult feelings in our lives and what makes us rise strong when we're beat down, when we're having a hard time, when we're getting rejected or anything else that can happen in life. Because life, it's about how to dust ourselves off and get back into the arena. You know, I almost let life knock me down. And even now, While I'm still knee-deep in murky waters, I can tell you that it's about finding the blessing in our battles and sharing our truth. Second of all, body image. That's another topic, and that's uh, one that's very close to my heart, mostly because I want to find out how we can make the miracle that is feeling comfortable in our skin happen while feeling sane around food and exercise. So we're going to talk about how to change beliefs that don't serve us anymore and how we can start implementing the health at every size principles into our lives, namely the ways in which we can take care of our health instead of eternally focusing on weight loss goals, 
because as I might have mentioned, my quest to become and stay skinny have been detrimental to my health. By the way, it's funny to read and hear the pretty dim-witted comments when it comes to haze, health at every size. Stuff like, you're promoting obesity, you're encouraging people to let themselves go. Oh, dude, read Dr. Linda Bacon's book first. You're clearly not educated, or maybe you just can't read. Either way, such comments go to show how quick people are to make assumptions based on their own biases or their own insecurities. People who have read Health at Every Size do know that this book is about something entirely different. It's about incorporating healthy behaviors, like eating right and moving your body without becoming obsessed with weight loss. Yes, I've got good reasons why I feel so passionate about this. Because for more than 20 years, I've been a quote-unquote successful dieter, I've somehow managed to suppress my weight for over two decades. And don't think that's because I'm lucky. Because in all honesty, the so-called maintenance of a low weight came at a very high price because it meant incorporating increasingly unhealthy behaviors like skipping meals, exercising compulsively, disregarding my loss of a menstrual cycle and increasing isolation Yeah, all just to keep my way down. So why did I do that? Because I believed what I heard. Namely, the skinnier, the healthier. And all of the messages along the lines of only skinny people get to be loved and desired. And it certainly didn't help that, as one would expect, of a culture with a sick mindset that I got compliments and praise for my discipline and for my thin body. So you bet I kept doing what I was doing. And when the weight wanted to creep back up, I just cranked up the intensity of all that I did. It got insane. I started exercising every day. Then I started skipping breakfast, then lunch, then increasing the amount and then increasing the intensity of exercise until it turned into a compulsion and I got panicky when I couldn't do it. I still struggle with taking rest days. I still struggle with normal portions. I either overeat like a crazy person or I feel bad for eating. And you know what? I got applauded for all that, while internally I was in a constant state of fight and self-loathing. And the more I focused on keeping that weight down, the more depressed I got, the more irritable I was, the more I isolated myself, I lost my period, my libido, I was cold all the time, I started losing sleep, my hair thinned out, my skin started to turn starchy dry. And life wasn't just not fun anymore. No, I let my obsession with weight turn into a prison cell. And while I knew it felt awful, I still didn't know better because I was surrounded by the messages that seemed to suggest that I was doing the right thing. That, my friends, is not healthy. And I can tell you, I know a lot of women who go about losing weight at the risk of their health. So please... Believe me, a body never tells you a story about a person's health. You just cannot see it. In order to heal from all that, we have to tackle a few issues. Body image, for sure. But more important than that, we are going to shine some light on how weight stigma 
fat shaming and diet culture in general can literally ruin our lives, certainly someone's health. There is so much BS to blow up, I can't even. And again, until very recently, I didn't know all of that. And I had to hit rock bottom before I had an inkling that there could be more to life. So no, I'm not blaming anyone, because I know that we are surrounded and bombarded by misleading pictures, misleading beauty ideals, misleading health and weight loss promises, and by weight stigma all around us all the time. So I had to be told too, in order to learn more about what's really going on, and that this industry diet industry is making billions. I mean, we are talking $60 billion in the US alone. And they're being made of the fact that we all feel not beautiful enough, not skinny enough, not toned enough, not clean eating enough. You know what I mean? We're being shown impossible standards and it's keeping us stuck. Some people spend their lives trying to become smaller. And the only thing that does become smaller is their actual life. I've not realized the amount of internalized fat phobia most of us are carrying around with us, consciously or unconsciously, so we need to address that as well. Because as long as we think about gaining weight as being the very worst thing that can happen to us, and that being heavier means not being lovable, we will never be able to stop our internal tyranny and we will certainly never be able to change anything on a larger sociocultural scale. Um, you might have read um, Naomi Wolf, The Beauty Myth. She has a very good quote in there that says, A quietly mad population is a tractable one. Women are oppressed by diet culture, keeping them eternally thinking about the calories they think they should cut and the weight they should lose, that downright keeps them from doing the amazing things they could otherwise do. Wow. And she's right, because most people are spending sometimes insane amounts of mental and physical energy on weight. I certainly did, sometimes still do, instead of accomplishing great things. And at the same time, people who are heavier are being ostracized and body shamed, which clearly has not ever made anyone get healthier. So how do we take our power back? How can we stop going to war against our bodies? Just because it's the narrative that has been drilled into our brains? How can we protect ourselves from all the hurtful messages that are being thrown around out there? How can we motivate, inspire, and support and encourage each other to keep going when it gets tough? How can we shift from wanting to fix our bodies to wanting to fix the freaking paradigm? I mean, I'm all for being healthy and I'm all for feeling content in our bodies. But let's agree that diet culture does not help either causes. It messes with our brains and our perception of ourselves. And I think only we ourselves, one at a time, can change that. It's not going to change when we just stay quiet and submissive and when we still feel guilty for our hunger. 
And I believe that we can take the power back when we stand together. We can make great stuff happen. I believe that. And I'm dreaming of a world where no woman and no man has to waste time pinching their stomachs and beating themselves up for not looking like some insane standard. But I can't do it alone. I feel too alone. I fall back into old habits simply because I start listening to the fear voices more again. And then I get afraid. Afraid of being rejected for swimming against mainstream ideals, for not fitting anymore, you know? It's when I'm alone and isolated and think too much that this myth sneaks back into my brain. You know, the myth of diet culture that tells me that once my body looks like this and that or the other, then I can do all the things that make me happy. Then I can wear that lipstick. Then I can go on a date. Then I can feel confident. Then I can wear that bikini to the beach. Those beliefs are so ingrained that most of us never even question them. Same for me. It was just what it was. But I think we thought wrong. At the root of diet culture, or say what diet culture is built upon, is self-loathing. If we all loved ourselves, we wouldn't buy into this crap. But since we are prone to feeling not enough, we try to meet this arbitrary cultural standard, and that makes us great customers. Hallelujah! How many times have you spent too much money on some weird cleanse, a diet program, or weight loss books, clean eating magazines, fitness magazines, cellulite cream, diet pills? Oh dear. Do we really think that we will live a full life when we look a certain way? No. Most of you know that. Whenever we reach a certain goal, we suddenly have a next goal we're running after. It's never enough, right? When goals are achieved, we think they must have been too easy. So we go at it harder. I don't know, for me, happiness never came with weight loss or fitness levels. It really didn't. I thought I was unhappy when I was much heavier. I thought I was unhappy because the first big chunk I lost wasn't enough. I thought I was unhappy because I wasn't as toned as insert Photoshop fitness model here. And when I was really thin and exercising obsessively, I was kind of lost because now where was this happy feeling everyone was talking about? Thinking that we are going to live a full life when we have reached a goal weight is, sorry, simply not true. Because people can be happy no matter what, no matter the size, no matter the weight, the age, the color. There's enough proof out there that it is totally doable, so I'd like to say that that is my new goal. And I know that it's not easy, because it gets me head on with my issues that are deeper than appearance, issues that I need to work on that sometimes hurt really bad, and that are holding me back. But I don't want to spend my life feeling like a failure. In any case, diet culture surely doesn't help us here, so I think we should talk about all of this, and I believe we can grow beyond diet culture one by one if we are holding each other up on the way. Are you with me? So self-worth, that's the next topic, of course, intertwined in all this. And I made it a separate topic for my show because 
Most of us have a severe lack in this area, right? Mostly it's the past haunting us, old beliefs we never questioned, and no matter what we went through, I think it's about high time we give ourselves some credit for even having made it this far, right? So we're going to talk about how to deal with that nasty inner voice that wants to make us believe that we suck, that we never amount to anything much, that we're not pretty enough, that we're unlovable. Combined with diet culture messages, this one gets dark quite quickly. For me, not very self-confident to start with, I admit. Um, this stubborn idea that I'll be worthy when my body is quote-unquote skinny enough and toned enough that has left me feeling really isolated and my inner gremlin loved that. I had no defenses against its crippling comments about me. And all the time I thought it was just me who struggled so much and that I was just not normal and not as worthy as everyone else. And that I had to get my act together already and make up for my innate worthlessness. You get the picture. I believe self-worth is as much of an inside job as body images and peace and happiness. And it's almost impossible to do that in an isolated state. That's why I'm sharing this in my story, because it took me much too long to finally find people who seem to understand, to realize that I wasn't the only one with this kind of struggle. It's all about finding your safe place to open up, to feel understood, a place where it's okay to be you with all of it. With mutual support, everything gets so much easier. And when I finally found women who spoke my language, metaphorically speaking, of course, then I found that I have something to contribute that goes way beyond my appearance. So thank you again, Kyla and Summer, my fellow podcast teens. It has really opened some doors for me. And uh, by that, we're heading straight into femininity, the last main topic of this show. And quite honestly, that's a concept that still feels a little foreign to me because I was used to rely on my masculine side only, white-knuckling through life, you know, pushing harder, never allowing myself to be perceived as weak. When I was a kid, I was mistaken for a boy often, and I wasn't appreciated as a girl at all. And I, for the longest time, I thought maybe had I turned out to be a son instead of a daughter, then maybe I wouldn't have been rejected and neglected as much as I had. I felt that whatever girlish sides I had were wrong, and generally, I really didn't like the idea that I'm a woman since I perceived being female as unsafe, and I envied boys. Later in life, I envied men for their privileges, their way of getting their way, their power over everything. And I never saw power in being a woman, neither from my mother, my grandmother, or myself. So I'm still discovering and kind of trying on the concepts of receptiveness and softness and more open-heartedness and um, allowing myself to be vulnerable. That's a big one for me. You know, the yin side of things, the moon and everything. So yeah. There you go. Those are the main topics of this show, and um, I'll give my very best to gather the best people to share their stories 
and the most inspiring coaches and experts or authors to share their best advice with you. My goal is to make this a place where men and women can share openly about their life, their struggles, their stories, and what they have learned from them. Because you know what? I think that what we all are really craving all the time is honest and real connection. So that's what I'm doing. That's why this podcast is happening. Are you ready to take that trip with me? I hope to see you on my next episode, number two. And I thank you for tuning in. I'm glad we could connect and I'm really looking forward for our ride together. See you next time, friend. This was today's dose of badassery from Life Unrestricted. Find the show notes with links to everything we mentioned in this episode over at lifeunrestricted.org. And if this show is making you feel good, awesome, make sure to subscribe and please let others feel good too. By leaving a five-star review on iTunes, you'll help make this show more visible and therefore more accessible for others. You're the best. Thanks. Thanks.